the faces of these people while they're there, people just have so much fun. People really, really enjoy themselves. And I think it's not just because they're dressed up looking good, not just because the music's good, not just because the band's good. I think it's just the feeling that, that you're, you're around so many people like you with similar experiences that are successful and you're celebrating yourself. I genuinely think that's where the fun of this event comes from. And I think the message really needs to be spread. for tuning into Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm extremely excited to have one of my good friends. I've known him for it's like 15 years now. Uh, he used to live in the apartment beneath mine back in the day when we were at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. He graduated a year ahead of me went out and started his professional career. And a few years ago, him and his team started putting together this amazing event called the Black Alumni Ball. And it's an event where folks get suited and booted, get these long flowing gowns on, and meet and just celebrate the excellence that people who went to HBCUs or are affiliated with HBCUs. And with that, I'll bring in my good friend, Denez Green. Denez, you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. How are you, man? Blessed, man. Thanks for having me on the call. Honored to host the, the segment with you for a couple of minutes, get a chance to talk about what I'm doing, talk a little bit about myself, my background, where I come from. Pretty cool. Definitely have uh, tuned in to a few episodes of, of the calls and the podcast, and, you know, I've had, I've had some, some peers and some friends speak as well. So dude, I feel fortunate enough to, to be on the call, man. So thank you. We're glad to have you. I think you have an amazing story. I remember when I got the chance to sit with you in D.C. when I was thinking about doing my first live event, and that conversation with you was instrumental into what we now have as the powwow at the mountaintop, which is a live event where we get people from all over the country to come into a strategic location and work through issues that affect their entire life. Your counsel there was extremely wise. And, you know, I came to you because of your track record. And so with that, I'll let you kind of dive into your background and tell us a little bit about what you've been working on and the dreams you've been catching. Appreciate that, man. So I'm going to try to keep it concise. Like you said before, my name is Denez Green, 2004 graduate of North Carolina A&T State University with a Bachelor's of Science in Architectural Engineering. Uh, me and Rome were in the same major, and um, that's where our relationship started. So I think my story is slightly twofold. 
as uh, as Jerome alluded to, I have a back one, a background in planning, networking, and networking and social events. So uh, that's my passion. And I also have had a pretty successful professional career in the construction industry. I graduated from North Carolina A&T in 2004 and immediately went into the construction industry, which I've been a part of ever since. So going on, uh, what is that, 15 years, about 15 years now. I'm currently a project manager and executive level manager for a company based out of Greeley, Colorado called Hensel Phelps. Um, I've been with them since 2007, started in an entry-level field engineering position, uh, which is basically assistant field management slash laying out, preparing for concrete footings and earthwork moving and that type of thing, and I've worked my way up to the position I am now. So uh, that's the quick and dirty behind it. As far as Hensel Phelps and the ranking I'm currently in, I probably share my position along with about 25 other peers, and our district spans from about Pennsylvania to currently uh, we just landed a project for the FBI down in Alabama. So um, that's kind of the range we cover uh, with me and my, amongst my peers. I'm currently working on a project for, I don't believe I'm allowed to say my client on the phone, but it's a government project that I'm working on in D.C., valued at about $226 million, and then we're doing a remodel for their facility. That's the quick and dirty behind the professional side. Uh, we can get back into that later if you want, Rome, but I want to kind of focus on the passion more or less than the professional side. My passion for events probably started definitely in, in undergrad. I'm an initiate of the Alpha New Chapter of Cap Alpha Side Fraternity Incorporated. So I crossed back in 2002, and one of my first responsibilities with my undergrad chapter was social share. And uh, that's when I kind of got a, a taste for actually not just the, the production part of event planning, but the preparation and the stakes before, before the actual, you know, bell kicks off and people walk into the door. You know, I think that's where I really developed a fondness for or a passion for actually the, the actual process. And I think that's why I'm where I am today. It's just, I kind of like the process of, of putting something together that you know people are going to enjoy. So um, that was kind of my intro into, into where we are now. I had my first solo gig, <laughs> like I like to call it, back in 2004. Me and another alumni of A&T, we did our first joint, our joint venture for a homecoming event back before it was referred to as GHO. It was just North Carolina A&T's homecoming, the greatest homecoming on earth. We did an event, you know, it might have been about 60, 75 people or something like that, nothing major, but... You know, we kind of went all out, and we did some things that people weren't really getting at that time as undergrads. You know, we had food spread out. You know, we had, you know, art activations going on. It was just real cool and something real different at that time from an undergrad experience. So that was kind of my, like my first exposure in doing, and to doing my solo gig. And I, I really – the goal at that point was really to offer something that people weren't experiencing. That, that was the goal, was just to offer something that was missing. And I think that's kind of what kept me involved to this point. Fast forward a couple of years, I graduate, I um, move up to D.C. with a very close friend of mine. His name is Frank Coleman. And me and Frank actually started doing some events around D.C. and the Richmond, Virginia area. The same goal and the same, the same mission was just to provide something in those areas that people weren't doing. And, and when you go to a market like D.C., it's just saturated with a lot of professionals and saturated with a lot of people with dispensable income 
therefore, it's saturated with a lot of events. You go to a big city where people have jobs and people have disposable income, you're going to see a lot of events in that market. So the conference is real heavy. Our goal was to try to find out, well, out of all these events, what's missing? Like, what's different? What can we do? So, you know, me and Frank tried to just establish a little networking happy hour series. We called it Fresh Fridays or something like that. I can't even remember now. But it, it, was, it was my first taste of, like, action in the D.C. market where I could start building relationships, networking with other people in the industry, sharing contacts, uh, which was real important, and just getting kind of my feet wet in D.C. Along this time where me and Frank started developing that, I also linked up with some more Aggies back in the Greensboro area that a lot of people are probably familiar with. So a friend of mine, they started and founded Next Level Lifestyle and Entertainment back in, which I believe was 2000, and they're going to kill me if I get this wrong, but I believe it was 2005 is which Next Level was founded. I wasn't an initial founder of the organization, but I did uh, pretty much join the ranks of the team and about 2010. From there, it's been it's been a family-based relationship ever since. I think we, as a unit, have really pioneered and 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 really helped to establish what it means to go to events in Greensboro, which is something I'm very proud of. Very proud of of the leadership of you know Hercules Conway, Newton Dennis, and establishing that. I think we've done an exceptional job with that organization, really giving people an outlet when they come back to homecoming, otherwise known as GHO, the greatest homecoming on earth, and, and, and to experience our events. Um, and as of recently, we do about 15 events in a matter of three days across four different age brackets. So while we're there enjoying our homecoming as well, it's, it's pretty much working around the clock. Continuing the story, and currently with events, I am one of the managers of Mixo Lifestyle Entertainment in the DC market. And um, that took me to my current venture, which is um, a managing partner of the Black Alumni Ball, which is probably my primary focus when it comes to social events now. So getting into the Black Alumni Ball, as Jerome spoke to before, the whole purpose behind the Black Alumni Ball is to really celebrate the excellence which is Black alumni. Just to put the spotlight on how important we are to our communities, how exceptional we are that we made it out of these four, five, sometimes six-year institutions, and just the overall vastness of what we cover as a population. We're not just doctors. We're not just lawyers. We're entrepreneurs. We're actors. We're singers. We're, we're activists. We're writers. There's so much that we are as a collective that we have to go celebrate. Um, and bring attention to. And that's the overall goal behind the Black Alumni Ball. One point of clarification I do want to mention, Jerome, before we go further. It, it's not just the HBCU thing. We're celebrating black alumni as a whole. It's not restricted to say that you had to graduate from an HBCU to be a part of this. You know, us as black alumni or alumni, alumnus of these higher institutions, no matter what institution it is, you deserve to be celebrated. So that's what we're really about is bringing this core group of people, which we felt to this point didn't get recognition as a specific group, black alumni. Like, you know, we get a lot of recognition for where we are in our fields. We get a lot of recognition for, you know, what we might do solely or specifics in a community. But as far as celebrating the fact that we're black alumni of these higher institutions of learning, which demanded 
time, resource, dedication, money to accomplish, it, it, it's something that should be recognized. So that's the big picture of the ball. So, Nez, the Black Alumni Ball is a huge event, man. I know you're still working full-time. So how are you balancing all the work that goes into that and working full-time? you have any partners or anything? Yeah, so the, the Black Alumni Ball was actually – founded by three pretty incredible young guys. You've got Jonathan King. He's an alumni of Norfolk State uh, University. You've got Carson Bird. He's an alumni of Howard University. And uh, Jarrett Walker. Uh, he's an alumni of ODU University. So these guys actually started the, the, the actual uh, concept. And uh, I became a managing partner about a little over three years ago uh, in 2016. You know, it, it's definitely not a one-man show. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't pull it off by myself. Uh, none of those guys could have pulled it off by themselves. So as a collective, uh, we take the brunt of the workload along with other instrumental um, parties that are involved in public outreach, um, promotional outreach, publications, we have a phenomenal publicist into multiple distri multiple dis distributed uh, documents and, and uh, magazines and articles. So um, it's definitely a team approach that makes it happen. It's one of our headlining facets is we have an influencer class that we started in the, in the 2018 um, Black Alumni Ball Series. And this is where we specifically highlight core individuals in the markets of this event. We promote what they're about. We highlight them in our newsletters while we're promoting our events. And we also uh, highlight them at the actual event as well. One of our other goals to make sure we're bringing this to the forefront is the people that we're involving in the event, from our, our hosts to our entertainment, our DJs, our bands. A lot of these people involved alumni of institutions. So they are not only providing the entertainment for the event, but they're actually representing their representation of the event as well. So alumni ball is a, is a major focus. We've been able to grow. The event started, started five years ago in Washington, D.C. We've been able to expand to two markets as of last year. Last year was our first time having the event in a market outside of Washington, D.C., uh, we were able to have a sold-out event in Charlotte, North Carolina. And the current expected attendance of the D.C. market this year is probably a little over 1,500 people. It's a very, very formal ballroom-style event where we just party as hard as we can and just celebrate the fact that this is just a dope collective of individuals that accomplished something major deserve to be recognized. What made you guys feel like there was a gap and that this event was the solution to filling it? That's a good question. I think, I think it's a couple of things. I think, for one, you look at all of these events and what they're around, and you see people of color, and, and we're such a big economic driver when it comes to social events, especially in D.C. market. The type, of, the type of money that people out there are spending just on their entertainment, because people work hard, they also want to have a good time too. But when you see the type of events that people are at, it's not a negative tone to these events, but these events aren't celebrating them. They're, I mean, they're celebrating someone else. It might be a headlining concert featuring somebody, or it might be an event with this person hosting. You know, it, it, the event's not about them. 
they're, they're, they're going somewhere else and they're, they're celebrating something else or someone else. I think we deemed it important to celebrate and recognize us as a group. To piggyback on that statement, there's so many, there's so many influential people and there's so many people doing great things. And we often talk so much about what they're currently doing. We don't, we sometimes seldom take a step to talk about where they came from how they got there. Where did they go to school? What did they do in school? What did they major in school? How did they get from the point where they graduated to where they are now? I feel like we're connecting those dots with these events. A lot of the people that we choose for our influencer program or um, our influencer class, we get a lot of comments and people say, I didn't even know that person went to that school. Or I, I didn't even know that person went to college. You know, it's, 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 it's connecting those dots between the success of that person and where that success started. And I think the event has a lot to do with that. That's awesome. And I aspire to be an influencer one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Get out of there. You were already there, man. Come on, dude. I, I want the little medallion. I saw the pictures on the flyer. You got <laughs> I saw the medallion. I was like, I didn't know all this gotta, was going on. You got to recognize ball. people, oh, man. Yeah. And uh, so my recognition and that's what the Dreamcatchers podcast is, right? I'm right. scouring the Internet and my network to find people who are actually fighting towards their goals and dreams, and they're doing that extra little bit. You, know, you could just go to work, take your money, go home, spend time with the family, and Very enjoy true. you know, being in an exciting city like D.C., you don't have to put in the extra effort to go out and recognize other people. Like that is shows that you believe in more and sure you're making some money off of it, but that isn't the reason why, like that's not your why for this. You, you saw a gap in the space and created something to fill that gap. And it was a melding of the things that you are passionate about events and doing something good for a cause. Now, you you may be trying to skip over this, but I won't let you. You guys also do some type of scholarship, right, with some of the proceeds? We do. And, uh, yeah, I was going to get into that. So we do – it is a fundraising event at the end of the day. You know, there is there is a profit to it, hopefully, and I'll get into kind of like long-term goals of the event later. And hopefully we can start to do more. But, yeah, currently um, we've been able to set up a – scholarship program for aspiring for, for seniors that have been accepted into four-year institutions. And we also pick um, one nonprofit per event to make a monetary donation to. So last year, we picked the, the North Star Preparatory Academy for Boys. It's a startup. It's a startup grade school academy for young boys in D.C. that has a out-of-the-box programming system to not only make sure that they're taught the appropriate, appropriate coursework, but it's also preparing young black men to go out, young men of color to go out into the real world and actually be successful and be able to contribute back to their community. So this preparatory academy was actually just started a couple of years ago. One of my frat brothers, his name is Rick DeCraig, he's, um, he's, one of the, he's in a leadership role of the institution, and we actually picked that school for our charity last year and we were able to make a $1,500 donation to some, some new computers for the students for the 2019 school year. Got it, got it, got it. That's exciting. So what is 
your future vision for the alumni ball is it you know you did an expansion into charlotte last year and you think you might break 1500 in dc this year so has this become something in like all the major cities across the country or what do you what do you see so in, in the future it's a message it's a it's a message that i think needs to be shared the overall event of the message i, I look at the i look at the event and not only am i proud that we, we that we're doing a mega event in dc that does up to 1500 people but the faces of these people while they're there people just have so much fun people really really enjoy themselves and i think it's not just because they're dressed up looking good not just because the music's good, not just because the band's good. I think it's just the feeling that, that you're, you're around so many people like you with similar experiences that are successful and you're celebrating yourself. I genuinely think that's where the fun of this event comes from, and I think the message really needs to be spread. So the, the ultimate goal is just to spread the message, to get into these new markets. You know, 2020 is going to be an exciting year for us. We have some preliminary plans to touch two new markets outside of D.C. and Charlotte. So, you know, and the old overall goal is just spreading the message of the black alumni ball, which is black excellence. And, and we, we deserve to be recognized and celebrated. So the, the more cities that we can touch, the more people that can experience it, I, that's ultimately our goal is just spreading the message of the event. Let's talk about sponsorship because Myers Development Group was fortunate enough to be a sponsor of yes. the inaugural Charlotte Black Anomaly Ball. Tell me what that looks like for people who maybe own small businesses or own businesses in general or have right. something that they'd like to promote or, you know, tie themselves to a strong brand like your event. Uh, how does that work? We're always soliciting, um, especially, especially small businesses, minority business owners, we really want to push those to the forefront. Uh, we happen to bank with a black bank in Washington, D.C. It's real important to us to, to keep that at the forefront. I think the exposure, being in front of a, a mobile group such as the attendees of the Black Alumni Ball, our base, we have a very, very strong base from a range of 23 to about 35, you know, just looking at our metrics. But uh, we have attendees that are all the way up into the early 50s to just about mid-20s. It's just an amazing event. But being able to broadcast brands across that demographic and be represented is something that I think could be beneficial to any small business, especially if you're a small business that has something to do, particularly with offering services to anyone in that, in, in that demographic. It could be pretty beneficial. So people can always reach out to us. There's contact information on our website, um, blackalumniball.com. We've, we've got a questionnaire that you can fill out or uh, fill out right on the homepage that'll go directly to us. Or if you want to send a personalized email inquiring about uh, opportunities to showcase your brand or be involved in one of our events, you can always email us at blackalumniball at gmail.com. Dope. So with these events, you, you don't really get to redo it, right? The reps aren't there. You get one shot once a year. One shot. One shot. Well, yeah. well twice a year now. I mean, you yeah, know, you're yeah, talking yeah, about multiple right. markets, yeah. But for the first, what is it, first three or four years, you have one shot once a year? One shot. No redo. So what did you, <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn in that space, right? Because 
you got to do all the lessons learned and come back the next year. So kind of walk us through the first one to the second one, maybe to what you knew going into the Charlotte market and what you're going to be doing differently for 2019. I don't, you know, I don't think it's about specifics. The the goal Mm -hmm. is to not repeat. The goal is, like you said, lessons learned. So one thing that we, one, one of our big lessons learned after the first event, well, excuse me, after the second event, is that we didn't do a lessons learned between the first event and the second event. So even though all of them have been successful, even though all of the events have been successes, um, when you put these events on, you're your worst critic. Um, you know, everyone can look like they have the time of their lives, but you're going to see every mistake. You're going to see every flaw. And one of the most frustrating things to our team, the actual leaders of the Black Lemon Ball, is that I think, we, I think we saw a lot of things that we repeated from the first event. Not really to go into specifics, but there were, there were things that we saw that, hey, this ha- that happened last year. It's happening again. And I think it ultimately boils down to actually doing an organized lesson learned recap with um, actual notes. So someone is actually taking meeting minutes and notes. Therefore, when you're going through your planning stages of the next event, you can go through your checklist and make sure that, hey, we needed to do this because this didn't happen. Check, that's checked off. So that was one of the big lessons learned. And ultimately, since then, the event has been able to exponentially grow because we haven't made the same mistakes twice. Not to say that we're perfect. I don't think any event is. And of course, we're not perfect people. But what we can do is strive for it. And what we can make sure we do is not repeat the same mistakes. So, like I said, we, we, do, we, do, we do this recap after every event. Uh, we take detailed notes so we can make sure we implement them into our next planning. And we just we keep all of our notes from year to year. Uh, we can always look back at, you know, three years ago to a budget, a line item, a, a contract, an allocation, and, and figure out what we want to do different. If it worked out, if it didn't work out, what can we tweak? And I think um, last but not least, one of the most important things is just listening to our clientele, um, getting that feedback from that event feedback and really trying to cater to, you can't, make every, you can't make everyone happy, unfortunately. If we could, that would be amazing. But if you have an over-resounding comment, if you have a bunch of strangers making the same comment, it's probably something that you should look into as, as an event planner. So utilizing the the feedback from our clientele into following events has also been something that I think has has really helped. Because like you said, it's not like three strikes and and you're out when planning an event, right? You go up there and you get one swing, and that one swing is your impression for that year. So it it takes a lot of planning and preparation to go into this. You know, we probably, we start planning the, uh, the first Black Alumni Ball event in the first quarter, early first quarter of the current year. So, you know, we were in uh, late January, early February, preparing for this August event, and not soon after that, uh, preparing for the fall event. It takes a lot of work, a lot of preparation to make sure that prevent anything negative from happening, or I'm trying to minimize um, any negatives that could happen. All right, so let me pull it back away from the event and dig into kind of the the gritty on you i think everybody right. has three to five defining moments in their life if you had to pull out the three most important days or moments in you what would they be and what did they mean to your life i think mine's are going to be pretty typical but they're still they're still impactful 
they're still very, very impactful. So number one, and I will tell anybody on the street this, you know, any stranger, I tell everybody, North Carolina A&T changed my life. And it, and it happened. I, I knew it was going to happen. Like, I, I knew, I, I had a feeling. I tell everyone, a lot of people don't believe me, but I applied to one college. I only applied to one college, and I was North Carolina A&T. You know, I didn't apply to five, ten schools. I kind of put all my eggs in one basket for some reason because it was just this feeling I had about this university, and I just knew it was going to be something major. And that was the relationships, the education, the contacts, the lessons learned just, you know, during that time period, I, it was monumental. I think another t- probably typical answer that you hear people say a lot is um, pledging changed my life from a standpoint of somebody that didn't know anything about Greek letter or, organizations before they got to the school to where I am now. The, develop, the, the development and teaching that I've received from the initiation to where I'm currently am now and still being mentored by people is, is life-changing. Um, there, there's people that, I, that I, I aspire to be like that I have developed relationships through um, um, my organization and, and chapter that, that continue to push me to do things and push me to, to make bigger moves and push me to, to make a better, a better and bigger imprint on my planet to to, to, to be like them and, and without that happening you know I, I'm not sure I'm not, I, I'm not sure if I, if I would be the same person that's talking you know on this podcast right now and outside of that losing a couple of people like I, I guess I consider this still early in life but losing a couple of core people kind of early in life before you know you really think that they had a chance to get things worked out or make, make their footsteps on the world or their, their imprint in the concrete, I think is something that's kind of dri- dri- driven me to, to, to make moves and, and, and establish whatever my vision is or whatever I want to implement on this world, whatever I want to see come to fruition. You know, you, you don't really know if you're going to have an opportunity to, to do it later, right? So now's the time. So now's the time to push. Now's the time to make it happen because, you might not really have a chance to wait around and say, I can do this next year or I can do this next month. Even. You never really know. So um, I think the early loss of, of loved ones is another kind of thing that has pushed me to further step up and execute. So that's three things. I got three things for you. Yeah, I think that last one is the reminder that we're fortunate to still have breath and uh, yeah, we most definitely. yeah most definitely i've had uh in, over the recent years just a, a resounding amount of close friends my age pass away and two of them it just happened in their sleep like they were healthy one day and they didn't wake up and it's just things like that just remind me it's just like for one your your time here is borrowed so make the most use of it and two you don't know when that time's going to be up because it's not really your choice. You know, uh, we can we, we can live the healthiest lifestyles, but when 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 that calling comes and and when the man upstairs says this, your, your your time is done, then there's really no argument. So you got to make you got to take advantage of the time allotted for you and, and make the best out of it. So I think that's one thing that kind of I think I think we all I think we all know that I think as us as intelligent you know people we all know this, but I think sometimes. You know, we just tend to take it for granted, and we just and and you need that constant reminder. And sometimes, you know, situations might happen to be that reminder for you 
to 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 step it up and and to take advantage of the time you got while you're here. Nice. Nice. What are you most excited about for 2019? Getting married, bruh. I know that's way off topic. I know that's way off topic. Cut it out, out, man. Cut it out. What are you doing? What do you mean? What are you doing? This is a special young lady. I know that's way off topic, man, but, you know, my, my number one, my number one supporter, my number one fan, my number one critic. <laughs> so it, it's exciting, man. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough. I've been blessed to, to meet her. Her name's Ashley Lawson. She is a big driver in a lot of what I do. She's out there chasing her dreams. You know, she's completely independent, uh, working in a creative space and just making literally a lot of things out of nothing. Like the, what she does is amazing. So she's like, it's not only a push, but it's, it's kind of competitive too, because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over here living in this box and I've got maybe a cool little sprinkle of cool little stuff over here, but she's just like being cool all over the place. It's just, it's wild. But yeah, man, 2019 is big. It's monumental. It's exciting. So, uh, you know, outside of, you know, the reason that you got me on the call and outside of, uh, the corp- corporate corporate America and 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 the gig and the promotions and and all that. Um, by far, the most exciting thing I've got going on is that that wedding uh, later on this year. So, I, 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 you know, you know, you'll, you'll you'll be there, man. So you know, <laughs> you get the details. Yeah, it locked in, and I saw. I think I saw today or yesterday. You revealed the best man, which I think everybody who knows you knew who that person would be, oh, yeah. but I think you did yeah, the big yeah, reveal. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without um, a doubt, man. Without a doubt. How do you attract 1,500 people to an event? Because um, it's not just like, Mark, you, you, don't do, you don't do that through traditional marketing, in my experience, because... You can't. You can't. You, I mean, you know... With social, the things change. Things have changed since I've started doing events, right? You know, I, I come from an era of passing out, passing out four by six flyers. You know, so things have drastically changed um, in putting together an event. But the the one consistent thing with event planning and putting together something where you want people to attend is is word of mouth. Nothing. There's no marketing on earth that that can outdo word of mouth of one of your friends calling you up and saying, hey, have you heard about this on this date? I'm going, are you? Um, there's nothing on this world that cannot beat that. So, you know, the, the, the Black Alumni Ball didn't start with 1,500 people, but it's been able to grow because you provide a service to people that they like, they come back, and they bring a friend. So I, I think that's the, the best answer I can give to, to, to that is, is utilizing word of mouth and making sure that you have a higher percentage of satisfied customers because your satisfied customers are going to bring you more customers to satisfy in the future. That's awesome. I guess the thing that I've been pondering since I've went on this journey of live events is convincing people that the price that you're asking is worth it because, I mean, this isn't a $10 ticket. This is... You spend a little bit of money to get in there. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I've had some people tell me that they think it's underpriced. I've had some people tell me that I don't want to pay for anything. 
but the one constant is, like I said, that word of mouth and someone that someone that nothing can beat somebody saying, "Hey, I was there last year. Get your ticket. It's dope. You're gonna have a good time." Nothing can beat that. And once people know that it's a guaranteed good time, or or someone that they respect or a friend is telling them that they had a good time, people pay a lot more than our ticket price for a good time. So the ticket shock with events and stuff like that more comes with people really not being sure of the outcome. So when you can decrease the amount of that unsurety, you know, tickets start to move a lot quicker. I think that's how we've really been able to get to the current status that we are now. You know, we're looking to grow. We've got room to grow. Complacent or stagnant. Um, I think more people need it. I think more people need the message. The, re- the way we've got to where we are now is just, I think, increasing the amount of satisfied customers we have because those customers bring more. Realistically, we haven't really changed up our marketing scheme probably in about three years. Um, I think we have a routine. I think we have a regiment, and I think we're able to touch more people because of the increased amount of people spreading the message. What do you think the one thing is that people talk about most about the event? I think it's the F word. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. And that might be a cop-out because a lot of different things can make it fun, but I think I think that's the general consensus from the feedback when people give that they had fun. Like I had a fun time at this event. I was dressed to the nines. I had on a gown, but I had fun. You know, it was a lot of people, but I had fun. The music was great and I had fun. The band was awesome and I had fun. I think that's the, I think that's the driver. I think that's the number one thing that that you can say is if there's one thing that people walk away from it saying, it might get off with a sentence, but it ends with, and I have fun. So is that the gift you're giving the world, the gift of fun? <laughs> um, nah, man. I, I don't know. I think, I think my gift is my effort in delivering an experience. I, I really care about my product. I really care about how people are going to feel, how they're going to react what they're going to think about. I think that's my gift. I think my gift is caring about the experience that people are going to have. Um, You know, we put a lot of thought into executing the ball from our entertainment lineup to how it's going to look, to the lighting, where are you going to sit. I mean, I think we put a lot of effort to showcasing the event and to making sure people have a good time. And so I've done business with some people that have cared a little bit less than I've cared. And and, And experiencing that, I think I really realized that, you know, there, there's people out here that are, that are successful and they, they don't care as much about people's experiences. And I think that's one thing that I definitely pay a lot of attention to and I'm kind of meticulous about is how is person A going to feel about this area? How are they going to receive it? When they walk in the presentation, what are they going to think about it? So I think that that could be a gift. And when we're talking about me and, and planning events in general, I think that could be my gift. It's just the wanting to make sure that uh, an experience is well received and enjoyed. That is a gift. Are you planning your own wedding? Man, that's a good question, man. So Ashley's doing most of the planning um, because she she actually has a a background in events as well. I'm kind of assisting when I need to be. I'm kind of like, you know, back there, she's more of the Jordan. I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of the Pippin right now. If you need me to step up and knock out 35, I can. But other than that, you know, Mike's got it. She's kind of, she, you know, she's taking that MVP role in the event. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely there for support and, 
and feedback and all that type of good stuff. But she's got the vision. She's laying it out. I think it's going to turn out amazing. So just long for a ride. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it or not, but I distinctly remember reaching out to you and telling you that I've never seen you so happy. Yeah, and no, I definitely remember it, man. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I think Ashley has some small part in that. And to hear you <laughs> talk about her with such pride and joy and to use the word support and even partner is something that's extremely rare. Uh, I think you might have been A&T's most eligible bachelor from our little era there. And so for you to be jumping out of that game and into the marriage game, she's got to be a pretty special lady. So Yeah, I definitely feel... I definitely feel like I got lucky, man. Definitely got lucky with this one. I really can't say enough about it. I mean, she, she, she's definitely special. Um, definitely a special individual. <laughs> so I guess I probably have two more questions as we kind of close this one out. And the first one is, what do you think's made the difference in between getting what you want versus the times that you don't? I've been told no a lot, especially in the event planning game. Get told no a lot. I think it's two things. And one I, one I just kind of learned in a partnering session in corporate America. The, the first thing was figuring out how somebody couldn't tell me no. So just because you, if you told me no, okay, you're going to have to tell me no for a different reason because, because I covered that already. And I think over, I think over the years you learn to, you, you learn to cover your basis. So I was, I was told no for this reason, but this person's not going to tell me no because they can't tell me no for the same reason. They might tell me no for they might tell me no for a different per- reason, but when I go for that when I go to that third person, they can't tell me no for these first two reasons. They got to find a different reason, and eventually, you get that yes because you covered all your bases on the way somebody can tell you no. I think the second thing is, and this comes with just this comes with more relationship building and coaching with people, but if you can figure out how to get people to not say no, but tell you. Yes, if that can go a long way. Finding out the driver behind people's yeses is a big deal because a lot of times people just tell you no, but they don't even tell you, well, I can if you do this, or I can if you meet this schedule, or I can if you have this X amount of money, or they, they don't even tell you that. They just tell you no, but if you can get to that point where you can have a conversation, you get you get them past the no and, and get them to the get into the yes if. I think that's been a big difference between the the, the instant shutdowns and the conversation. That's a super cool concept, man. Do you have an example of how you've applied that to the Black Alumni Ball? We we were able to approach a certain brand about the type of moves we wanted to make and what we wanted to do. And the, the, the willingness to be involved was there, but the commitment wasn't. Um, they wanted to be involved with the event, but they couldn't get past. They couldn't f- figure out from, from a standpoint of what to commit to or, or like a, a necessary dollar standpoint or a necessary uh, monetary standpoint how they could go do it. And the conversation kind of changed from like, we can't do that. We can't do that. Okay. Well, just what can like the conversation moved to a standpoint of, okay, tell me you can do it, but what do you need to go do it? Tell me you can be a part of it, but what can you do to be involved versus ah, I like it, but I can't do it. 
Now let's change that. I can't do it to I can't do it, but this is what I can do. And let me figure out how to accommodate it. I think that's the best example I've got. I think it's a solid one because I think sponsors are the game changer for that event. They give us the opportunity to grow. Kind of ask of where I see this going or what's the big picture. The big picture, like I said, is spreading the message. In order for us to do that, our our big internal goal is is landing a, a large corporate sponsor that can take the brunt off of our fiscal responsibility and planning to more about just our execution and, and opening us up to being able to be actually more impactful from a small business support standpoint, a scholastic and scholarship standpoint. Um, once, you, once you're no longer worried about your own fiscal internal expenses, uh, you can actually, you've got way more room to operate. And, and you're, you're, you're 100% right. That's the key into us growing and, and, and taking, this, taking this event to um, another level. Gotcha, gotcha. Before I go to the final question, where can people find out more about you and the Black Alumni Ball? I know you gave out the email earlier, but let's just circle back on the close and get that tied in. The Black Alumni Ball, you can find everything you need to know about us at our website, blackalumniball.com. No underscores, no dashes, no nothing, uh, just one word. Also, our Facebook, the Black Alumni Ball Facebook page. Our Instagram has a great feed, great information about the event. and You can, you can stay dialed in um, to, to current update, ticket releases, special announcements, promo codes, so that's at Black Alumni Ball on Instagram. Me personally, you know, you can always reach out to me via email. The email is denez at nextlevelent.com. That's denez at nxlevelent.com. You can always check out the rest of my team of what we've got going on at nextlevelent.com. And uh, me personally, you know, I'm on social media at its underscore naz. Uh, that's at its underscore um, Naz. And, uh, you know, if you um, want to talk more on a professional basis about corporate AmeriCorps um, or the construction industry, project management, anything like that, you can always hit me on LinkedIn, Naz Green on LinkedIn. Great, man. Appreciate that. My final question is, what's the one takeaway? And it can be something that you discussed or – just the general message that you like to leave folks with. What's the one thing, if they don't hear anything else, that you want them to take away from hearing from you over, you know, the past hour or so? You know, um, it's funny, like, when you talk, when you asked me to do this, uh, this isn't the first podcast that I've done about the ball, and it's not the first time I've had to talk about it, but really, really understanding your why. And I, and I say that because I think when we first started the ball, we didn't know our why. I think we grew into our why. I think it took us a couple of years to understand that, hey, we had this amazing concept, but what's the purpose behind this concept? Like, why are we doing this outside of, hey, we wanted to do an alumni ball with, to, to celebrate um, black graduates around the nation. Why do you want to do it, knowing your why? And I think once you know your why, your ability to talk, your ability to share your ability to get other people more passionate about what you're doing exponentially grows. So, and wh whatever you're doing out there, if you've got a cool concept, if you've got an idea and you're executing it, make sure you really, really understand your why behind why you're doing it. Um, and I think, when, I think when that's there, you know, you'll be able to, to really share passion about it 
and actually rub that passion on the other people um, that that are learning about your venture, learning about what you got, what you got going on. Dude, that's an amazing point. You know, at Dreamcatchers, we we say there's a lot of people who know what they want, and there's a few people who know why they want it, and we think the right. real gap is the how, right? So. You can know that you want to put on an event. You can know that you want to celebrate black excellence. But the execution piece is really tough. And you guys have figured it out. You're expanding your event in a major way. So I think the how part isn't what you struggle with. But it sounds like in the beginning, the why was something that you guys had to work through. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good point, man. I think that's definitely something that we developed as the event matured. I mean, we, it's something that we asked ourselves a bunch. We need to develop our story. We need to share our story. And then you sit down to go do that. The first thing you have to talk about is why you're doing it and really be able to articulate it. So definitely knowing your why, the conversation opened up. And it not only helps you communicate your passion, but I really think it helps that passion rub off on the other people. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate the ripple effect that you're having for the community and moving the culture forward. If you don't have anything else, we'll end the podcast here, and I'll tell you thank you, and I appreciate your time, man. It's it's always great to catch up with you, and I'm excited to share what you're doing with the Dreamcatcher tribe. um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, this is this is definitely something that I was looking forward to when you proposed it. Um, I'm glad I had an opportunity to do it. Uh, I really, you know, just kudos to you for what you're doing in your platform. Big kudos, you know, um, everything from everything from the, the the experience you're putting on and just just the the following that you're that you're building and sharing with this uh, with this with this particular podcast or with the, with the avenue of this podcast is major. So. You deserve the accolades too, my brother. Maybe one day I'll be a fluencer at the Black Alumni Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, my brother. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamshouldbereal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it. Get it how you live, and that's just what I did. You know I hustle all day and all night for. You know I hustle all day and all night for. Yeah.